coming to you pre-recorded from a cramped closet in Las Vegas, Nevada and a New York City apartment far too close to the street. It's your favorite millennials with too much time on their hands. <laughs> Welcome to the Red Team Reviews Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Red Team Reviews Podcast. The first time I'm actually doing an intro that goes with the intro I made specifically for October. Ah, ah, TJ, ah, take the ah. teeth out. Take the teeth out. These are these are just my... You're too muffled. We can't understand these are, you. These are just my normal teeth. Okay. No, no, it's... We can't understand you. You gotta stop it. Oh, I, I don't know how to take... <clears throat> uh... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, the voice you are currently hearing, am TJ Patrick, joined... I'm Trevor Catalano. All right. Sorry, I'm off today. (laughs) What were you going to say? It's fine. I was just going to make a tired, dumb joke anyway. I was just going to... What were you going to say? I was going to say you're the Joker to my Harley Quinn. (laughs) I am not that... I am not abusive to you. How dare you? I purposely did a very extra laugh so I could muddy the waters. Yep. Maybe I'm the Joker. Uh, <laughs> I'm not. But today we're talking about Batman the Animated Series um, for the whole time. <laughs> How have I gotten so many John Mulaney references in this one episode? <laughs> Why is Batman the thing that has gotten multiple John Ma- John Mulaney references out of me? I don't know. I don't know. So, uh, as you can probably assume, we actually have recorded the episode already and are just doubling back and doing the intro. Yeah, we needed to we needed to figure out if we needed to do a little extra film to start it off. But no, you'll see as we talk about like which episodes we chose because it's a big ass show with like long long seasons. That like this chunk was still sizable enough to like talk about it. Yeah. And uh, so we've already gotten that stuff out of the way. We've already done the draft. We already know what show we're doing for November. You'll have to find out and just listen. You just have to listen to find out what it is till the end. It's almost as if I'm a YouTuber. Uh, <laughs> and this intro. You should click the link in the doobly doo. <laughs> and this intro is just clickbait. Uh, so, yeah, uh, we briefly touch on history, uh, in our actual talk once we get started, so. I mean, the truth is, we're gonna talk about Batman a lot more when we talk about, like, Nolan's Batman, or, and stuff like that, like. Uh, I mean, to be fair, we do, actually, we do, we do talk about him as a character a bit in this one, uh, but I think the more contentious parts of, like, how do you do Batman? Yeah, we will definitely. Yeah, that's going to come up. I think both in the Nolan episode that is event- inevitable, or that also an equally inevitable DCEU exactly episode, uh-huh. which I'm dreading. I don't even know how you fucking organize that shit. God, because they don't either. <laughs> Honestly, 
you could get one episode out of any of the first like four movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's just do all four of them at once <laughs> and yearn for death. <laughs> all right. So uh, yeah, we will uh, just uh, throw it on over to me to introduce and explain the reject or renew segment. So uh, take it away, me. It is now time for Reject or Renew! Thank you, me. Welcome, welcome to our monthly TV show review, Reject or Renew. If you're new here, this is how this works. The segment will begin with an episode guide. Each of us will take turns giving a brief synopsis of an episode, followed by our brief thoughts, repeating this process until all episodes have been covered. Afterwards, we will discuss the highest and lowest rated episodes, most and least valuable characters, and give our final thoughts before rendering our judgment of reject or renew. Now, a show needs at least one renew to remain eligible. Two back-to-back rejects from the same host will disqualify that show from our ranks and can only be resurrected via fan vote. However, if both hosts elect to reject... The show in question will be eliminated from our lineup immediately and permanently. Following judgment, we will commence the Reject or Renew Draft Lottery to determine what show will appear on next month's Reject or Renew. Back to you, me. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, We are finally, finally talking about Batman the Animated Series. Both of us are very interested in this conversation. Because clearly everyone else was talking about it um, <laughs> right now. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, Batman the Animated... Well, for me personally, Batman the Animated Series has been, you know, the thing that uh, everyone always talks about that was never really... For some reason, I'm a huge 90s baby and Batman the Animated Series was not a part of my childhood. So were you, were you ever a kids WB kid? I watched shows on kids WB, but for some reason, I don't know. Just the whole concept of like Batman, the animated series just made me go, meh, what else is on? Uh, I actually think I would, I think, I think I have actually seen more of this on Cartoon Network than fair. I ever saw on kids WB. That's fair. Cause they used to show this quite a bit, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So, we've already, at this point, uh, done our usual intro, so let's just get on right on into the episode guide here. Uh, okay. Actually. Well, hold on. Wait, yeah. <laughs> we should. I think we have to do, we have some explaining to do. <laughs> um, so, the episode order. <laughs> something about the 90s just made everyone go, hey, you want to like, you want to like, you know, curate these as we like package them for future use, and they're like, nah. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, um, fuck. The episode order yeah, is so, 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 weird. first of all, it's on HBO Max. It's on HBO Max now. Yes. As with all DC stuff. So, for anybody who's like looking into being like, oh, you know what? Actually, I should watch that after listening to this episode. Um, it's on HBO Max. But. <laughs> But <laughs> the episode order um, to be fair to HBO Max, the episode order they have is actually like it's it's pretty solid. 
the one thing they do is that, um, well, okay, I'll expand on that in a second. So the actual air date order is interesting because as we will touch on event like in a couple minutes, they start with the cat and the claw part one and then don't do part two until a week later. And so HBO Max has done a thing of like, well, let's just have part one and part two kick off the show. But you also now have this thing where the show's started by this two-part episode, but not like other shows where like, you know, the it's like about the start of the show or anything like that. No, we just jump in. Yeah, we just jump we in. We just jump in and it's we're and Batman's Batman. I'm Batman. Um <laughs> I just had to get that out of the way. But, so, interestingly, I've actually tried to watch Batman the Animated Series on my own, and the DVD list order is so fucked. Like, the first episode, I think they get right, because it's on Leather Wings, which we are also going to start with, officially, just because... And also, it's the production orders, like, first one. It's, like, the first one that was actually made in the production orders on Leather Wings. So it really makes sense to start with. But then the second episode is like the fucking Joker Christmas one, which we don't even talk about at all in this hypothetical season one. Like, so the DVD is yeah, like so, so fucked. <laughs> again, we had to rearrange this because season one, especially if you look on HBO Max, I'm going to look at it right now. It is... 60 something. 65 episodes long. Yeesh. And we were not going to do that. Um, <laughs> but not only that, but like, you know, so in theory, like, I don't even think, I don't even think this was a time where you could really consider seasons a thing. Um, beyond like sit, like obviously a sitcom would have a season because it's like, yeah, no, it's, there's a sweeps week and yada, yada, yada. And so like, that's how they thought of seasons. But with children's shows, I guarantee you, they were just like, eh, just keep making them. Just keep making them and putting them on. We'll, we'll find some time to throw them on, you know, the kids' channels or the kids', you know, hour. So I don't think they thought about this at all in terms of, like, any sort of narrative structure. Because, again, we just talked about HBO Max putting them in some some sort of order. We have some sort of release order and then production order. And at no point was anybody thinking, like, hey, let's construct a narrative so that the kids, like, and given, maybe there's a good reason for that. Because when you're talking about kids' shows, you are talking about, kids attention spans and like where their parents dragging them places. So you may miss several weeks of show, several weeks of episodes. Right. And so, especially in the nineties when not everyone had access to all the stuff anywhere they went. And so I guess there is an argument to be made about like release order and all that stuff, not really mattering and letting you jump on to the story at any given point, except for these two parters. And so like, there's an argument to be, be made there, but Looking back, it's like, yeah, there's no there's no cohesion here as to why one is going into the next one. And also, like, yeah, I think what was initially tripping me up is because, as I do with most things, I went to Wikipedia first. Wikipedia's episode list is very different from the fandom list, which is what I'm using now. And so I was getting roll confused. <laughs> I was like, wait, wait, why does this come out there and I thought I had to do a whole thing of like manually deciding which episodes go where without even seeing them first and then I g thankfully found the fandom one and I was like okay okay we'll use that and then thankfully again HBO Max just for the most part uses that order so I'm like good awesome okay 
So now that we've gotten that obligatory message out of the way, now we can do the episode guide, which, hold on to your butts. So we are doing uh, episode one, in our case is On Leather Wings, to episode 26, which is Perchance to Dream. And we're only clarifying that because of what we just said. So, dear God, here we go. (sighs) (laughs) So really, point being, just pay attention to the name of the episode. That's going to tell you half of what what episode it is. Right. So, Batman the Animated Series, On Leather Wings. When a vicious bat creature known as Man Bat starts terrorizing Gotham City, everyone mistakenly thinks that Batman is the culprit. Batman must find out who the mysterious Man Bat is is and clear his own name uh i never noticed the two-face reference as a kid um how harvey's just in the background um i love how many pharmaceutical companies there are in gotham um and the detective work feels very old-timey there those are my notes we're gonna try to do this way quicker than we normally do yes uh my notes in rough chronological order that opening pilot is definitely kevin conroy that's pretty cool he's one of the first voices that we hear as not batman (laughs) uh batman gets to have a sense of humor see i'm not crazy (laughs) dceu and christopher wait what what was even the joke Uh, what was even the joke you're referring to i don't remember i think it's just his rapport in general okay all right that's true yeah is there a light? He gets to be a little more smooth. Uh, s- Santana. Rob Thomas. Yeah. Um. So- <laughs> and Santana. Uh, so, many, so many elements established in the very first episode here. Like, this is an episode that does make sense to come first. Uh, the only criticism I have is that it has no proper beginning or end. It's all second act and then a climax. Yeah, that's fair. All right. Next up. Heart of Ice. Brilliant cryogenics expert Dr. Victor Freeze is transformed into Mr. Freeze, a vengeful creature who can only survive in sub-zero temperatures. It should also be noted that uh, it is not, it is Freeze, like F-R-I-E-S, I believe. So, <laughs> Um <laughs> First note I have, Freeze, that's Mr. Freeze to you. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I literally wrote, God damn it. <laughs> uh, hi, Mark. Hamill. Yeah. Uh, he's all like, up and down this show. Let's just acknowledge it now. He's all in it. <laughs> uh, the pacing is a bit tight. It robs us of necessary reaction shots sometimes. Like, Batman crashes his Batmobile, but we don't get a reaction shot of how he reacts to that at all. Uh... uh when was the last time you saw Batman undercover? Christian Bale could never. Amazing. Yeah, doesn't he do that a couple times in this season? In this series, he does. Yeah, he's, he does it at least one other episode, which we'll get to that one. Um, <laughs> I just have like the only note I have is like, good job making me sympathize with the villain immediately when the guy he's going after mm. is like, mm, the wage slaves are acting up, and I was just like, oh god. <laughs> I was like, cool, yeah, no. The, the person Batman has to quote-unquote defend is a, is not worth defending. Let let uh, let Mr. Freeze win. It's like that old meme where uh, when they're talking about wh- what's the Batman movie with Mr. Freeze and Poison Ivy? Um, the awful one, Batman and Robin. Yeah, Batman and Robin. And the meme is just like, we have one person who's trying to save the plants and one person who's trying to save the ice caps. And you <laughs> want me to sympathize with the billionaire? <laughs> That's fair. 
feet of clay. The fir- our first two-parter, the way we're doing it at least. A popular actor renowned for his ability to play any part has a terrible secret. He's addicted to a strange chemical formula that enables him to alter his facial features without makeup. Um, these basic villain stories are just like so classic, classic to the mythos of Batman, um, and like, and so it's it, it's one of those things where like this is. I, if I were to point to one thing that says like what if somebody's like oh what's what's this like is it like is it like the movies is it like this I'd be like it is literally you're gonna get a bunch of villain origin stories and then Batman dealing with them and that is exactly what you're getting and that's exactly what most of us want and so like uh, other notes I had like I'm so much more used to Clayface in recent years being like a blathering kind of character like a blah 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 I'm a grunt kind of thing and so it's nice to see him like more of a person um, and it, yeah. th- that transformation is pretty brutal. Like, whenever he whenever he first becomes really Clayface, it's like, oh, that's 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 brutal for a cartoon from the 90s for kids. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my first note uh, is discussing the initial battle scene um, right after Clayface uh, impersonates Bruce Wayne. Uh, and Batman somehow makes the same mistake three times in a row with all three henchmen and gets, like, knocked down. And I'm like, Batman just straight up makes the same exact mistake three times in a row? What is this? I mean, this are almost... Are you or are you not Batman? This almost... But here's the thing. This series, I think, almost predates the whole, like, fanboy notion that Batman, given enough time, can do anything. I feel like that's something that came about as our generation got older and, like, grew up with, like, yeah. Nolan Batman. Like, that is absolutely a thing that is, like, a contemporary argument for Batman's for Batman. Actually, I would argue that it is, this This show has something to do with it. Probably. But I will I will expand on that uh, once we get to our general notes. Um, <laughs> Batman literally says, I know my fist has landed on that jaw once before. Such a line. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> He's also calling criminals like scumwad, dirt ble- dirtbag, and sleaze. And all of those are just in this one episode. Uh, and for the second part, why even put Wayne in jail if he's going to be released in the first minute of the next episode? Yeah, that's billionaire for you. <laughs> what? That's money for you. Does he ever? Does he ever call anybody a junkie? Which is a good transition into the next one. No, I don't think okay. he does. I think that's the one thing where I'm like, okay, all right, I'll give you credit. Um, that you don't look at people with drug with drug problems as junkies. Um, although that would actually still also apply to this one. Because it's like, in a way, you could say the pharmaceutical, like, topical thing is like, hey, they did this to you, it's wrong, but you shouldn't retaliate kind of thing. Um, anyway, it's never too late. An aging mob boss learns his drug dealings have contributed to his son's drug addiction. No way Bruce can do flips and leap across buildings with a grown man on his shoulders. Yeah. You need to stop. (laughs) I mean, honestly, what the fuck is this generic gangster stuff? Like, the amount of time spent on this one-off character is bizarre. I kind of like it. Like, this is just my opinion. It's going to permeate through all of this show. Mm -hmm. Kingpin is the only good gangster villain. Like, there is no amount, like, people talk about, like, Falcone, uh, or, like, or Falcone or something in the Batman series, like, big, and I'm like, it's, I'm sorry, it's not, it's not the same. Like, I don't, I don't like any generic gangster villain. Anytime a character is generically going up against the mob, I'm bored. I mean, I think that's fair. 
Um, although I will, I would say if there is one superhero who should, it's probably Batman or Daredevil. I suppose. Yeah. Uh, my next, my final note is wait. So if Michael is alive, why is he this traumatized? Like guilt is one thing. Yeah. But they make it seem like this dude has proper PSD. PTSD. Yeah, it's a, it's a, yeah. That's why, uh, like, anytime we have any of these episodes, I'm very much just like, ah, this is, this is, this is less than filler. This is like caulk. This is like, this is like (laughs) filling in the gap in my shower. (laughs) This isn't a salad. This is like, this is like (laughs) structural home improvement. Um, Don't mind me. All right. I guess I did a really good job of uh, making a comparison there for you. You want me to go ahead and do the next one for you there, sure. bud, while you recuperate? Did you have notes? That was, that was that those it? were my notes, yeah. Okay. Next episode, Joker's Favor. Uh, okay, so this was uh, slightly before your time at that place that shall not be named. But we did a show. I know you're familiar with the name of it. Uh, what was it? Inspired Lunacy. It was the first show me and Kat worked on literally our first day there. That's how we met. And it has this song of like a, this little Nash Rambler. Da, da, da. It's the Cadillac song. And it's amazing because... The way Joker's favor starts off, it's with road rage and, like, this guy getting into a car altercation with the Joker. But the the music that's playing, sound it reminds me of that song, which is about road rage and, like, this exact thing. So it sounds like somebody like, was doing did, their job. As did a, they do this on purpose? Because that's were. awesome. They probably were. <laughs> Um, also this Joker, this, this episode really makes me hate Leto Joker. <laughs> Why? You do, you, you didn't because... do the description, by the way. Oh yeah, that's, my... <laughs> that's your job. That's what I was supposed to do. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had one job. When a timid accountant accidentally runs afoul of the Joker, he promises the Joker anything if the villain will only let him go. But yeah. So why, sorry, why do you hate Leto Joker? I mean, beyond beyond the obvious reasons. I forgot what it was like to have a fun Joker. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I mean, Joker is supposed see, to be funny. We see the Joker a few times, only a few times. This like this little chunk that we decided to do, and this is easily the best like best version of him. And in theory, this is the first time he's ever been shown ever shown up on this the TV series, and also it's the first appearance of one Harley Quinn. Yes, ever. It's also very unceremonious, yeah. Yeah, well, because they never thought she was going to be more than just, you know, that. And then uh, cue, cue now where she has had, you know, three movies, three movie, movie adaptations on her own. Um, but yeah, my only other note is like, I again, I don't really get why we're spending. There's ways you can do it well, and this is probably one of the better ones. But my first thought at the beginning of the episode before the rest of it unfolded, I wrote down, why do we keep spending time with these random Gothamites? Like, I, I'm not really, they, they pulled it off in this one, but again, I'm going to keep harping on this, where I'm like, one-off, random, normal Gotham people bore the hell out of me. Hmm. This is going to be something we're going to talk about in the general notes section. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. So now we're going to hop back around to The Cat and the Claw, parts one and two. 
Catwoman steals a valuable necklace to fund the purchase of land for a mountain lion preserve, but is thwarted by a group of terrorists. That's a mouthful. <laughs> uh, Batman and Batman and well, first off, this is the thing that I didn't actually write down, but it's a, definitely a thing of like all of a sudden a switch flips and Batman's like super flirty. And I'm like, this seems a little weird, but all right. Um, <laughs> it's clear that you just want Batman to specifically like this one woman because every other time he doesn't care. But okay. Um, he's chasing down Catwoman and they have a little, like a few like mini tussles here and there. Again, of like fight flirting. But then he lets her go. And I'm like, you could still follow her. You have a grappling Here's hook. the thing. Here's my thing. <laughs> this has always been kind of my thing with Catwoman and Batman. It's like, dude, why do you care about one little cat burglar when you have, like, Bane to deal with? Why is Catwoman someone you spend your time worrying about? Why does it matter to you with when your rich friends get stolen from? It shouldn't. That's Batman, get your politics straight. I mean, I don't think it's a matter of his rich friends being no i understand that but that's all the reason where it's like hi if you're gonna turn a blind eye to one thing in your moral code it should probably just be this burglar who steals from rich and gives to the poor like a robin hood situation a robin hood situation should not be your concern um but again but then uh, you you said you were off put by the flirting it's not that i was off put by it it's that like batman has literally never been like light and breezy when he's got the suit on and all of a sudden he's like oh hello and i'm like oh, okay <laughs> this is well on that note i did not actually expect this mature of a relationship in this show when they're their normal selves when they're their secret identities um that was something that i actually is a big pro for this but also on the flip side like dude you can tell if a kiss resembles another kiss how the fuck do you not know that she's Catwoman. Like, you've kissed her in both scenarios. You've both kissed each other in both scenarios. How the fuck do you not know that it's the same person? You can tell. People smell the same. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Is that the title of the episode? That People smell the same. Oh, God. <laughs> um, my next one, not Bruce literally grabbing Selena and saying he doesn't give up easily. I was like... Oh, where are we going with this show? <laughs> I know this is the 90s. <laughs> uh, this is like right after I the auction. I, I wouldn't, I, I didn't flag that. I didn't, I didn't think that that was, that was what you're saying it is. I like, I, I didn't even think of it. Because initially, like, you know, she wins the date by, you know, it's a charity auction. And she's like, right. I, I don't really care about the date. I, it's whatever. I just wanted to donate to charity. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. We're going to go on a date. But you're hot. But you're very attractive. And I'm like, I'm like tugging at my collar. I'm like, please, please refrain. (laughs) But also, again, back to the whole mature relationship thing. It's like, yes, there's that. But then after that, it's like, no, these are two people who like, I'm buying into this because like, these are two people who have like strong opinions and can mutually respect and support each other's opinions in their normal lives. And then they also click when they're in their secret identities. And so it's like, it makes total sense that like 20, 25 years from now in the comics, they're going to get married and like be an actual couple. Um, and so it's like, yeah, no, this makes sense. Yeah. I actually really like Selena and her character. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. So 
On the flip side, though, I have no idea who the fuck the Red Claw is. I do not remember them as a major Batman villain. Were they important back then? I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, so Batman is very surprised that Red Claw is a woman. And I'm like, yeah. Okay. And then I'm an equal opportunity crime fighter. <laughs> also, he's there. He like the first thing he says in the episode is like, ah, so our new cat burglar is a woman. And I'm like, did that matter? <laughs> I guess it did in the 90s. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, so so in the second in like in the part two. They talk about like uh, they have a vi- they have a deadly virus and they're like everyone in a ten mile radius will get it and I'm like you don't know how viruses work do you? <laughs> <laughs> we certainly do now or at least some of us do. It's like it's okay, it's okay if you don't know, it's fine. <laughs> but just so you know, like they would you would be causing a, a pan a pandemic that that you also would be vulnerable to there, Red Claw. Oof. Uh, also, uh, my only real thing for the second episode is like Catwoman cannot stop quipping. Oh my God. <laughs> it's actually kind of, uh, endearing a little bit. Like she literally cannot go like five minutes without some, uh, I'll say kind of thing. <laughs> like <laughs> Selena, you have shit to do. <laughs> can we, can we pick this up? I mean, at least they got rid of all, like, the perfect kind of things that people have done in past characterizations. And I'm like, yeah, you don't need that. Oh, God. Let's not even speak about the Catwoman movie. Because uh, <laughs> I saw this thing on HBO Max that plugged it, and I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, if that's all you have? Yeah. All right. Next episode, Pretty Poison. When District Attorney Harvey Dent is poisoned after a dinner date, Batman makes the horrifying discovery that his date was Poison Ivy, a plant-obsessed villainess. Uh, I don't have much to say about this episode. I thought it was pretty funny. I love at the end when Harvey kind of wakes up uh, from the coma and he just goes, and then Bruce just goes, I think Pam is wrong for you. <laughs> I'm just like, that, that just made me cackle. But yeah, it's, I mean, it's nice to see, again, another one of the characters that is very well done in this in this series is Poison Ivy. Uh, and it's nice to see her stakes raised for, like, a future appearance. Like, it's very much, this is the first time we see anybody, like, locked up in Arkham very clearly. Like, we're going to see this person again. Mm-hmm. Uh, outside of Freeze, but we don't get to see him again so soon. Uh, not in the span of episodes that we watched. Um, Ivy is canonically, in this show, 28. Okay. <laughs> Makes me... Because, like, I know 28-year-olds, and I'm, like, thinking of any of them trying to do any of the things Poison Ivy does. I'm like, Yeah, but this is 28 in the 90s. <laughs> this is 28 about 30 years earlier than the kneecapping of a generation. Uh, so, basically, um, imagine Monica, season one Monica from Friends. That's the same right. age of Poison Ivy. <laughs> uh, or Ross. Um the last thing I have is, wait, so they just let her keep the fucking plant? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> if her ability is controlling plants, even though that's not quite her ability, I, it, it, I think this is before the, t- the turn um, the turn of the character canon where she has the ability con- to control plants, like, through, like, her mental control of it. Yeah. Um, this is a little bit prior to that. She's just, like, plant-themed. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then, yeah, she can do something with the fucking plant. <laughs> Like that plant kills people. <laughs> Take it away from her. God damn it. Uh, 
so yeah. Uh, nothing to fear. A horrifying villain named Scarecrow spreads fear gas and wreaks havoc at Gotham State University. Scarecrow so willingly just pours out his backstory like cheap beer on tap. <laughs> this is he's one of the cheesiest villains in this entire show, <laughs> mostly because of like, first of all, this is the first we we see we see a design change in the next time we see him. And this design looks so bad. Like this, this little <sighs> like just kind of like tiny little like like ragdoll head that he has in this animation is just it's weird. Um and like at the end of the episode when he is when he's escaping, his glider is like a is like a crappy like windmill or weather vane. And I'm just like, oh god. He puts so much effort into this. <laughs> um my second note, th- this show actually has managed some subtle through lines by this point. Uh, impressive for such an episodic show. Like, they actually kind of make a good effort to keep certain things kind of recur, but you don't have to pay that much attention. But if you are paying attention, it's like, oh, yeah, that kind of makes sense. It, like, makes a natural progression in a way. I mean, honestly, I, I, I we'll talk about this later, but I don't I don't think their through lines are that well done. Um, you're talking about Bruce and his parents. No, I'm talking about like recurring characters and like keeping up certain things that would make sense to come back up again. Like the fact that we keep seeing Harvey, the fact that in a later episode we're going to talk about in a sec, like what they do with Bullock is actually like, that kind of makes sense. Okay. So uh, you're talking like they, they are starting to sow plot seeds earlier. Cause to me, I'm talking about, I don't think they sow character seeds very well in terms of like Bruce Wayne specifically. Yeah. Um, that'll be a thing we, yeah. We're going to have to have an actual yeah. conversation about that. Yeah. <laughs> the other things from this episode, uh, they call me a lunatic. And I'm like, yeah, bud, you are. <laughs> <laughs> and just also, just like, imagine if we had the term panic attack in common vocabulary back then. Because then the people around Batman would look at be looking at him like, oh, God, yeah, Batman's having a panic, panic attack. Oh, shit. <laughs> like, people would just get it. And he would also be able to go to Alfred and be like, yeah, Alfred, this villain maybe have a panic attack. And now and now I'm thinking about this stuff. Let's like let's work through this. But no, that's not what we had in the 90s. Nope. Uh, this <laughs> uh, have you played the PS4 Spider-Man at all? Nope, I don't have a PS4. Mm. Uh, so. Like, no spoilers. There's a moment where uh, Peter as Spider-Man has to very carefully, like, take down mind-controlled civilians. And there's a moment in this episode, and I was just like, wow, this turned into one that one level of PS4 Spider-Man real quick. <laughs> it's just yeah. like, wow, <laughs> all right. Um, it does make sense to do that with Batman, though. Uh, Batman's a very good superhero to do that with. Um, and then convenient that that goon didn't die from falling from a blimp, Batman. Right. Two times it happened. <laughs> and I was like, all right, what is, did Zack Snyder just direct this fucking episode? <laughs> no, see, you could actually make the argument that this is, this episode inspired Zack Snyder. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, next episode, Be a Clown. Uh, the Joker infiltrates the birthday party of Mayor Hill's son in order to plant a bomb. Uh, again, 
I, you know, I, I actually think this is a, a step down for the Joker. Um, you think this Batman would be keep better at keeping this Batman, this incarnation of Batman would be better at keeping tabs on the Joker because the fact that he doesn't immediately suspect the Joker when there's a clown present is like, okay, yeah. <laughs> like you think that Bruce Wayne in his normal life would look at the mayor and be like, Hey, you should never have clowns at your birthday because any of them could come in and they're actually the Joker. And you're the mayor. That's actually so. A, let's stop that. That's actually a good point in general for all of Gotham. It's like, yeah, maybe no clowns. <laughs> maybe, well, maybe let's make it very obvious <laughs> that there is one clown, and we we don't like him. Um, I mean, and also he's a billionaire. Billionaires surveil us all anyway. Like they're surveilling us right now on our phones. So like, whatever. Uh, my only note for this episode is Batman definitely should have died here. <laughs> <laughs> like the fact that he got out of that was like, all right. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Joker's just like looking on like they don't make, I guess they don't make straight jackets the way they used to. And I'm like convenient. <laughs> but also just like back to like the core of the episode, like, it was set up to be like that grooming episode where you make the kid misunderstand the dynamics. But even then, like the kid kind of knows what's wrong the whole time. Yeah. And so I'm like, mm, okay, we're not really getting the payoff of this trope in the first place. That's probably going to lead to a thing I have to say about this show in the general notes section. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Appointment in Crime Alley. Batman's friend, Dr. Leslie Tompkins, is taken prisoner by a ruthless land developer after she uncovers his devious plans. Uh. For some reason, I wrote the music seems a little bit different here, but I kind of like it, though. Um, I make a couple notes about the music throughout this season. Um, I'm wondering out loud, is this the first time a criminal returns with Daggett? Um, uh, yes. And then my last note, which is, um, I think when I realized this happening, is kind of when I inad- like subconsciously checked out a bit for this episode and i'm like oh 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 so this this, so this episode about a rundown city where the poor people live and there's a bunch of crime is where we see more black people interesting yeah okay i actually i'm gonna give this episode a couple of kudos because it's like oh this is not a topic i expected to see in a 90s episode a 90s tv show i mean fair um nor was the relationship with Tompkins and and Batman like I I actually I did. This is one of those civilian ones where I was like, I do enjoy this. I wish we got to see her in other episodes just helping out or something. If like other villains were preying on the same crime alley area, um, like you could set a lot of these episodes in the general area of crime alley and like make it a recurring thing if you really wanted to like elevate this kind of stuff. And she could be a recurring character. And I would like that. Um but another thing, like, you know, 9-11 really rotted our brains because we didn't really see the same, like, blatant depiction of corruption in CEOs and politicians after the 90s. Like, I'm trying to think of, like, other iterations of, like, even Batman, like, cartoons where, like, this side of things really fades away once we get into the 2000s, um, obviously, for, you know, obvious reasons. But, like, yeah, I was like, mm, this is ringing very true to now. And it definitely went away in our in our, you know, other decades of our childhood. Hmm. Anything else? Because that was it for me. No, yeah, I'm good. Next episode, POV. 
Bullock's account of a botched sting operation is so at odds with the other officer's testimony that the police investigator suspends everyone involved. Um, honestly, I didn't finish this one. Um, again, it's one of those things where I'm like, okay, cool, like, interesting concept of doing a point of view episode where everybody tells everything. But, but what I didn't like was that, like, when you're doing a point of view episode, the way that you build tension and suspense is by showing us exactly what this person thinks happened. But that's not what they do. They show us, they show Bullock telling the story, and then they show that he's lying by telling, showing us the actual reality of things. And so I'm like, I would, it would have been more interesting to me to have everybody tell the story differently and have it unfold in the cartoon and the flashback differently, and then we get the real story. And so that's why I was like, mm, you're already kind of messing up this premise. Oh, so I didn't even finish this one. I will come back to that in the general notes section as well. Um, but I will say this, yeah, this was the episode I was referring to specifically in terms of like, oh, they're kind of, they're kind of making certain things just occur throughout the season so that finally when they get to it, it kind of makes sense and it kind of pays off in a way. Um, with the exception of this new lieutenant asshole that just comes right the fuck out of nowhere for this episode. And I'm like, hi, who are, who are you? Like, right when I was praising the episode, <laughs> you you do this thing of, like, the exact opposite of what I was praising you for. Um, also, they're just suspended. Calm down. They, they make it seem like they're fired. It's like this big dramatic moment of like, give me your gun and your badge. You're done. And I'm like, for what? A week? A month? Like, okay, and then they'll be right back. Like, get over it. Also, all cops are bad. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, I just kept seeing the four letters flashing in my head. The whole time that scene was happening of like, don't you feel so sorry for these police officers? And I was like, you really want me to answer that question? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but that's it for me. Yeah. All right. The Clock King. When a maniacally punctilious man faces financial ruin because of attorney Hamilton Hill, he transforms into the devious clock king and swears revenge on Hill, now the mayor of Gotham. The only time I hear an Indian voice in this show is when it's presumably from a taxi driver. What the fuck, the 90s. Also, mm. uh, I like Simpsons. that we get to actually see ba Batman, like, think and problem solve and, like, yeah. Get himself out of situations in this way. It'll this will also come up in another episode a little later. It's nice to it's nice to see a villain that you would think you could underestimate and be fine about. Yeah. But no, he, he underestimates him, and then it actually comes back to bite him. But on the side note, like the only other thing I have is that I think the Clock King is just on the spectrum and likes routine. Um, yeah, <laughs> and that's not his fault. <laughs> I mean, the trying to kill people thing is like where he draws the line, but where we draw the line, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, everything before that is like. Oh, the 90s. You just didn't know how to deal with people who weren't like you. Uh, cue that scene from Tarzan. Um, <laughs> uh, next episode, The Last Laugh. The Joker employs a lethal, mind-altering laughing gas to transform the citizens of Gotham into total fools. Uh, literally, I just have the shrug emoji. I'm like, okay, yeah, makes sense. The one note I have, this theme is... Bumping. 
I I was so distracted. <laughs> I was like, why is this? Wait, which scene? The, the, throughout the episode, it turns out. I thought it was just the opening song. It keeps coming back. The whole episode, there's this song. Theme, theme, okay. Yeah, there's this song that's just like, oh my, I thought it was, it's like something you would hear today of like a, like a, Super cool remix of something's like, dun, 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 dun. and I'm like, ah, oh, what is, what is this? It's just a Joker episode. <laughs> this doesn't even sound like a theme that fits the Joker, but I, I don't care. I'll take it. This sounds amazing. <laughs> that overshadowed the rest of the episode for me. Okay. <laughs> Eternal Youth. Alfred and his friend, Maggie Page, visit a health spa that is actually run by the nefarious Poison Ivy. Called it, first off. Uh, but also... <laughs> it was in the episode description. <laughs> I don't... I don't. I make a point to avoid all the episodes all right. because they very routinely and casually spoil the fucking episode. I know I have not forgiven you, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, for doing that to me. Anyway... <laughs> There's a lot of things I don't forgive the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air for. Um, other than that, other than kind of being smugly proud of myself for going like, this is going to be a Poison Ivy episode, isn't it? Um, meh? Is it weird that this reminds me of Totally Spies? No. <laughs> is it like, like, yeah, this is a Totally Spies episode. <laughs> it, yeah, I can imagine they're like, what is their handler? Yeah, some villain is turning someone else in the gang into <laughs> something else. Like, you know. Yeah, because I that's feel like, totally spies. I feel like the handler guy, the like Bosley character from Totally Spies, is very similar to Alfred. <laughs> exactly. So it's like, yeah, they're animated almost exactly the same. <laughs> the second you said that, I was like, no, that makes sense. <laughs> yep. Uh, also, Maggie kind of comes right the fuck out of nowhere. Yeah, who cares? I was like, oh, so Alfred's is this their big no homo for Alfred? And then I was also like. They could be siblings, though, because they're both British. But also, they like to do that, though, in the 90s. <laughs> you think that Britain is just one family? <laughs> no, I mean, like, in the sense of they're, they never really... It was up until a specific point. Because up until a specific point, they were never overtly, like, romantic with each other. They were just friendly. And so I was like... So I guess, like, you could kind of get away with, like, oh, yeah, Alfred's sister would probably just pop in on them every now and again at the mansion. That That is actually a thing that could make sense. Um, but then, like, the 90s does have a habit of every time there's a English character, butler character, they pair them up with, like, another English character or butler character. In the service industry. <laughs> Like, that's something they definitely did in The Fresh Prince. <laughs> yep. Wow, I guess I'm getting all the two parts. Uh, Two-Face. That's it. Uh, District Attorney Harvey Dent hides a deep, dark secret. He has a second personality. Big Bad Harv. A tough gangster. I prefer all versions of Two-Face that are not dissociative identity disorder. Um, yeah. that just seems like, uh, it definitely seems like it's similar to every time we've talked about the nineties in this show where it's like, we were really fascinated with dinosaurs and evolution. We were also very fascinated with multiple personality, whatever it is. Um, you know, the improper term for an actual, like more nuanced mental disorder. Um, 
like, because there are better ways to do Two-Face. There are better ways to do Two-Face. In fact, the Dark Knight did the best version of Two-Face, in my opinion, which is just take a man full of hope and break him. And that's that's what works for me. I didn't need Big Bad Harv. Yeah, honestly, it really makes you have a newfound appreciation for the Dark Knight and what they did with Harvey and how they yeah. basically kind of just very covertly uh, combined the killing joke and Two-Face. Yeah, absolutely. And it was just like, yeah, that, that makes sense. <laughs> um, That scream when Harvey first sees himself is really good. Yeah. Uh, also, Bruce being supportive of therapy is really nice and surprising for the general sentiment towards shrinks and quacks in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. That's it for me. Fear of victory. The Scarecrow uses a fear chemical triggered by adrenaline on Gotham's greatest athletes, then bets against them to reap the winnings. What the fuck is Robin doing here? I know. I didn't even realize that he was the football player's roommate until Robin showed up later and said, like, oh, that's my friend. I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) Like, I literally skipped this episode because I was like, no, you can't just have one Robin (laughs) in 26 episodes. So again... (laughs) Again, I think it's one of those things where, like, and he only gets, like, mentioned one other episode, which is uh, uh, Perchance to Dream. And, like, yeah, you need, if you're going to introduce Robin into a TV show, you need to have the seri- the part of the series where he, quote, unquote, like, adopts Robin. Like, that's essential. Um, but then also, but uh, on a positive note, I like the, at the when Batman goes back to Arkham and figures out how the Scarecrow, like, escaped. Um, seeing all these other characters, like, that's really great. I liked his redesign and giving him, like, due gravity to what he can do. Um, but then also the episode just ends. Like, literally, they just, okay, cool, we, we faced our fear, and he didn't get away with it. Great. And it's just over in, like, five seconds. Yep. I've got Batman in my basement. After the Penguin... Sprays Batman with nerve gas. A 12-year-old boy rescues the unconscious hero and hides him in his basement. Snooze. That's that's my only note. This is a bad introduction of Penguin. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Crummy voice acting almost across the board, at least with the kid characters, and one-dimensional characters at that. Like, this, ironically, this premise would be okay for setting up Robin. Yeah. Or at least as a continuation of like a gag villain. Right. But like Calendar Man. Like just <sighs> Let's move on. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Vendetta. Batman suspects uh, that Im- the imprisoned detective Bullock may be innocent after his arrest for murder. The real murderer turns out to be Killer Croc who framed Bullock to get revenge. I don't really like Bruce getting lucky breaks in his deducing. Yeah. Um, also, was that a toss salad joke? Oh, I didn't even clock that. Yeah, I can't. I could not. I had. I'd have to go back to the episode to specifically like lay it out. But I remember distinctly. It made me think that, and I wrote it down. And I was just like, "All right, <laughs> okay." I personally just don't like the animation in this episode because I'm like, I can't tell that this man is supposed to be a crocodile. And so when he first came out, I was like, is this just some sort of random ghoulie character? And then as they went in, it was like, oh, it's it's Killer Croc. And I'm like, okay. So he's just there. 
great. And it's such a left turn from all the villain origin, or at least like the villain first appearance episodes. Like even though Scarecrow, we don't see him like go crazy or anything like that. We at least like uncover enough of him and it's his first major plot to like really get a sense of him. But like, we don't really get that with Killer Croc. It's, it's not until like the last 15 minutes of the episode or not even like, or not even 15 minutes, the last, you know, eight minutes of the episode that Alfred recaps. It's like, yes, this is who this person was. Ba, 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 ba. Okay, cool. Go, go defeat him. Um, so I was like, meh. Speaking of meh, prophecy of doom. Bruce begins to worry when all of his wealthy friends. Oh my God. It's like they knew. <laughs> Bruce begins yep. to worry when all of his wealthy friends join the same brotherhood group run by Nostromos, a so-called psychic. Why couldn't it have been Ra's al Ghul? That would have been too cool, and you know it. But that's the thing, is that, like, then he'd have an actual motive and be like, yes, I'm funding the League of Shadows. Great. Cool. Backstory included. He has a history with this guy. Not even that, but, like, if he was, like, doing a a Sweeney Todd thing of, like... Killing them. Yes, I will lure all these wealthy people and then slowly kill them one by one and take all their money. So it's it. that's the thing. I was like, uh, none of this is enjoyable. This is boring. This villain is, is very this boring. villain is stupid and these rich people are stupid. So why should I care? Um, why should I worry? I noted good music at the start. Um, the word proselytize in a kid's show. All right. <laughs> I was like, what a word. What a specific Hi, word kids. to use. I'm Batman. Today's word is proselytize. <laughs> Uh, Bruce is really interesting on his own and for, funny. for the first time ever. Um, uh, also this one random asshole gets more hits in than any other villain. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, who is this guy? <laughs> is this like that one guy from the fucking winter soldier where everyone's like, how come he can go toe to toe with captain America? And like a very specific section of the audience is like, if you knew who that was, you'd know why he can go toe-to-toe right. with Captain America. Right. <laughs> but that's not the case here, so. Nope. <laughs> All right. You ready for this? The Forgotten. Yep, here we go. When men begin disappearing at the at the at a bowery, Bruce Wayne decides to go undercover as a worker. He loses his memory after he is attacked, kidnapped, and forced to work in a mining camp. Um, I never realized that the bowery in New York was named after like a homeless shelter. Um this is the reason I think of that. Um, yeah, so amnesia plotline. Good music to start. Very interesting opening. Very fast to get to the point. Brilliant, subtle rendition of the main theme. Oh no. <laughs> Five face palm emojis. Yes. Um, I love that this dream sequence is supposed to be some sort of like, oh, it's such a burden being wealthy and everyone needs a handout. What? I was just like, oh, God. He literally has a dream sequence when he has amnesia where he is Bruce Wayne and everyone's looking at him with needy hands outstretched and he's like overwhelmed. And I'm like, you can help fucking all of them. Stop. Oh, this no, is no, not no. I, I kind of took that as like it's connected to like how he is guilt ridden and hell bent on doing what it, you, all the crime fighting stuff because of the death of his parents he is similarly guilty about the fact that he now again this is a very like questionable route to take in terms of thought process of like could you not help everyone but also he's like well i can't possibly help everyone 
there will always be a thing of like, you know, I kind of have to pick my battles or I'm just one guy. I can't do everything like that kind of thing. But again, I will I will concede that like that thought process is kind of flawed in a world of Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk. Right. We're like just those two could really fix a lot of shit. <laughs> um, also, I really don't like incompetent Alfred. Incompetent is an interesting word to use with this episode. Well, because, like, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, in every other version, or at least contemporary versions, Alfred has not just been his butler. He's been part of the intelligence operation. He's been part of the construction of these this technology, or at least Lucius Fox is. And so for Alfred to be, a like, bumbling in, like, being in the, a self-flying bat jet just annoyed me. I'm like, mm, okay, oh, this is supposed to be that, funny. Okay, in that regard. Right. Because I'm like, he does still track down Batman. Right, but, like, again, like, but they make it as if it's like, oh, well, hoop doo doop doo doo I gotta track down Batman. It's like, no, that's not, that's not who Alfred is. Yeah, this could have done well with a uh, Martin Freeman Watson-ing of right. Alfred. exactly. Uh, last one on this episode. Well, it's not the last thing I'm going to say about this episode, but that's a general notes discussion. Um, no, fuck it. No, I no, I hate the villain. No. I'm going to talk about it now. Gross. It is yeah, a gross, gross, gross depiction. It's just, it's, it's, it's absolutely, like, it turned me off so hard. Like, this episode took a sharp nosedive. Yeah. In a lot of ways. <laughs> um, also, turn out the lights. We want we want an advantage over Bat Man. Yeah. yeah. This is stupid. so we will turn out the lights. What? <laughs> Is this your first day? <laughs> Do you not know who this motherfucker is? <laughs> All right, let's yeah, let okay, okay. Move on. All right. <laughs> Mad as a hatter. The Mad Hatter puts the city of Gotham under his control in an attempt to oppress a woman, Alice, with whom he is in love. However, however, <laughs> when he discovers that she likes someone else, he plans to exterminate the competition and kidnap Alice. Whoa! That's a long description for all this. It is. <laughs> I think the only thing that I actually like about this episode is just the the fact that they had fun with referencing uh, before, even before he starts taking control of people, fun with referencing like Alice in Wonderland stuff, like how the woman who later gets mind controlled into being the the Queen of Hearts says heads will roll and is his boss if he doesn't do the right thing. It's those things where I'm like, heh, okay. Um, for this type of storyline done when this show came out, it's not nearly as bad as I was worried it would be. Yeah, exactly. Which is impressive in its own regard. That's the only thing I have on this episode. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Cape and cowl conspiracy. Batman investigates a theft of bearer bonds intended for starving people of a poor country. It's a weird way to describe this episode. <laughs> right. <laughs> when did 
Batman, so, you know, that's the important thing. Batman goes toe to better, better description. Batman goes toe to toe with just another guy who's really good at like traps and schemes. Man, this would have been awesome if it turned out to be the Riddler. I know, right? This would have been a great setup for the Riddler. But now it just feels weird. <laughs> well, it's I like, felt weird this entire episode with him constantly getting into these traps and getting into these scenarios. And then the ending happened and I went, oh, okay, this is cool. Like, it's kind of it's kind of like how it feels having not seen the new Suicide Squad kind of how it feels to see Idris Elba just like slot in where Will Smith used to be and it's just like well it's not the same character like but are, yeah I know but it, it's like it feels like they just kind of went like hmm we can't get Will Smith Idris well <laughs> here's the thing here's the thing here's the thing about the Suicide Squad and like DC's like gun or projectile based oh villains Here we go. they're all the same <laughs> Projectile-based villains in DC are all the fucking same. That's not to say that Marvel doesn't have rep- rep- like repetitious villains. Marvel will have guys who are like Cyclone and Twirler and like Twister, and they're all the same guy. Um, but DC will just have this guy can use anything as a projectile. This guy can also use anything as a projectile. This guy doesn't miss ever. This guy is Deathstroke. Like they're all the same. Um, so yeah. that's the annoying. So thing it's to like me it's unfortunate that, that like uh, this guy also has to be in the same universe that has the Riddler in it. Right. So it's like, you might as well just combine these two characters. But the difference here is um, that, like, this guy doesn't have to make puns constantly. The way the Riddler the thing, It's like, I would like it if he turned into that guy. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, My only note is, when did Batman become so sassy? <laughs> like, Batman's kind of sassy in this he episode. He goes back and I'm forth like, this entire series. When did this happen? <laughs> um, it was in response to something very specific. I forget what. I think it's when he's interrogating that guy. Um, and he's just very flippant. He's very just like casual about something. Um, but we are on our last episode for the episode guide. Perchance to dream. Bruce Wayne wakes up to find that his parents are not dead. He is not Batman. And he's engaged to Selena Kyle. That's the whole description. Yep. And then <laughs> to tell the audience, it's really the Mad Hatter putting him under to get him out of the way. Um, in a dream, in a dream machine, he cannot escape. Um, love the concept. This is the first. This is when they try to do so many other different concepts in this. Cape and cowl in this one are ones where I'm like, yes, nailed the concept. Perfect. You gave him like a logical way to figure out that it's a dream. Everyone in the dream is reacting in the way that you think they should. It's definitely like who can you trust situation. Um, I, I, I like this one a lot, actually. Y'all could have just got someone else to be Thomas Wayne, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's it's clearly Kevin Conroy just doing a slightly deeper voice. <laughs> it's like it's like Bruce Wayne goes, hi, Dad. And his dad goes, hi, son. Hi, son. <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> You, you could just get another guy. <laughs> so funny. Um, that's really all I have to say. Um, although this will never really come up again, and I, it's so small that I'm not going to bring up in the general notes. So I guess I have to say it here. I don't know why, but... Like, there's something weird to me. Maybe it's because technically I kind of grew up with more Holly Berry 
Catwoman, technically speaking, since I wasn't like in the Batman the Animated Series thing. Um, and I know Eartha Kitt at one point also did Catwoman. But it's yep, she was the first. Kind of weird to see blonde Selena Kyle. I, was I like, noticed that too. This is weird. <laughs> yeah, they definitely. I mean, they definitely. That's definitely a trope of the modern age, where it's like your your super girls and your peppy ones are blonde, and your and your brooding and and more serious ones are brunette, and that doesn't have to be the case. Um, I didn't mind it, but I did notice. It's also just a thing of like. I've kind of I've kind of noticed uh for me sometimes if a character if I don't often see the character as white I don't assume that they're white. And then when people do a definitive like this character is white I'm like wait wait really? <laughs> I think uh, so uh, I think also... it's the Gotham TV show has a latino Selena Kyle. I think so and then uh yeah as I mentioned the Hollyberry Eartha Kit and, or Latina, I should say. Uh, this also happened with Raven from Teen Titans, where, like, everyone assumes Raven is white, and I'm like, what makes you think that? Well, in the Titans TV show, at least, uh, Starfire is, is, even though she's an I alien, really, presents as black. We should, and, we should, if we're going to talk about Titans, uh, we, we should move on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be here forever. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think I will like that show whatsoever. Um, okay, cool. Oh. Uh, so that's 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 our episodes. That's a lot of ep- episodes. That's a lot. It was, and it, now, it's one of those things where it's like you would think that because we've done shows with we, when we did Friends, the first one was like twenty four episodes. Yeah, and you would think that this would be easier to process as an animated show, but even then, I was like, this took some time. This took a lot of time. Yeah. Um, I will say with hindsight now, I would have ended at Two Face. But here's the thing. Some of the episodes that I liked the most were after that. So I'm kind of glad we did it. It's a thing of like, weirdly, Two-Face kind of feels like a season finale. I get that, yeah. Because the the next one, literally the next one right after Two-Face is Fear of Victory with Robin. So that's weird. And then it goes straight into Batman in my basement that just introduces Penguin out of nowhere. As if he's always been here. Because the kids go, oh, wow, that's Penguin. And I'm like, he's never been established. What would, uh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I think it's one of those things where, like, I, I think it's one of those things where it's like, if we were to do this not as Reject or Renew, and truly we're just like, let's do an overview of the show, I would want to get a highlight reel. I would only want to watch the episodes that are, like, the best of this show. Because I yeah. did that with, I did that with, like, uh, with Star Wars The Clone Wars. Um and they're like every three episodes or so is like its own little arc. Yeah. And then those arcs kind of build on one another. And so I never I've never watched the whole show because I don't think I would really enjoy it. I think that there's a lot of like kid show stuff to it. But then there are stuff that's like, oh, this is a really interesting version of canon, which is now canon, where it's like Ahsoka's view on the whole like fall of the Republic kind of thing. And so I looked up like, OK, what episodes should I watch? And then I watched the ones I should watch. And I was like, this is great. This is fantastic. Because I got to skip all the filler. I got to get the best parts. And yeah, that's so, what I've heard of yeah. Clone Wars, yeah. Well, and that's what I actually want us to do when we eventually get to that point of covering the Clone Wars, is I want to just do those four arcs. Because I think that's one episode's worth of content for us. And it, it, So I would I would have done the same thing with this had we, you know, known that it was going to end up like this. You know, you are running the risk of it turning out like The Mandalorian. What do you mean? 
because it seems as if you really like this thing and you give it to me and then I have to break this thing. <laughs> the Clone Wars? No, you can break the Clone Wars all you want. I don't care. Okay. <laughs> I thought uh, I, I, I was feel... not expecting it to be that good and it ended up being very good. I still feel bad about the Mandalorian. <laughs> I mean, we got Boba Fett coming up and everything. So like, you know, there's Ugh. plenty of plenty of content coming out. Can't really stop it. Thanks. I hate it. Um, all right. <laughs> General notes on the whole, I mean, well, actually, yeah, we're not at general notes yet. We're at, uh, no, most, uh, top and low, no, uh, what is it? Highest rated and lowest rated episodes. Episodes. Um, this is really hard for me. I don't decide this stuff ahead of time. Which is, um, is, are both of them hard or is one harder than the other? One is harder than the other, but they're both difficult because it's hard Mm. to, I was never wowed by any one particular episode so far above everything else. Same. But it's hard to pick my worst favorite because I have so many of those, like, it's never too late uh, or, like, Vendetta where I'm just like, uh, it's just mostly a gangster story. I don't care. Um, or or I've got Batman in my basement. Um, so I guess, do we want to start with least? Batman in my basement. Yeah, I was going to say a tie between Batman in my basement and it's it's never too late. Fuck. Like, terrible, like... Wasted my time episodes, dear God. I thought this episode might be cute. I was wrong. Um, no. <laughs> um, no, don't do this again. <laughs> St- stop it. Get some help. <laughs> oh, man, we could have done... Oh, I should have done that meme for Space Jam. Damn it. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, wasted. All right. <laughs> Okay. All right. Highest rated? This one was tough for me for similar reasons. Uh, A lot of them are kind of hovering around the same level of quality. But after much deliberation, I think I will officially go with Heart of Ice. Okay. All right. Okay. I respect that. It's one of those things where it's like, whatever you pick, it's probably something I can go, yeah, I respect that. Um, Heart of Ice is an episode where, like, I could show one episode... To, of a- Batman the Animated Series with no context to anyone, I could show this episode to basically anyone, and this is Batman the Animated... Like, this is what you can reasonably expect, really. Or yeah. at least, this is the ideal episode to expect on a regular basis. And if they don't meet this bar of quality, it's not that great of an episode. I mean, I'm just... I'm, I'm quote-unquote not going to pick. I'm just going to list off, like a handful of episodes that like if I was creating, if I was creating a, a, like a dinner of this show that or like an evening of this show, here's what I would pick. Right. Both parts of feet of clay, both parts of cat and claw perchance to dream and Cape and cow are all like hovering around. I, I really can't choose between that group in terms of like what I would consider the best one. And then like the first poison Ivy appearance and heart of ice are like up there. Yeah. And then the rest, I'm just like, eh, and now, most valuable, least valuable characters, which is going to be interesting. Well, so I, I guess, guess I gotta, I gotta, we gotta do another one of these, another one of these things because when when th- something's super episodic, you almost have to discount non-recurring characters. So like, it I feels mean, there like aren't that many recurring characters. But like, you have the staple villains: Alfred, Batman, Selina, um. And like, yeah, it's just the villains, Batman, Alfred, and Selena. Those are the only recurring characters. I mean, because I think it's unfair to say that that like the 
the gangster from It's Never Too Late or the kids from Batman and My Basement are the least valuable characters because of course they are. They're only there once. Well, but also Freeze is only there once and he's really good. I guess, yeah, I guess I'm only thinking on the least valuable side of things. But even then, could you say he's the most valuable character or was he just really done well? Like, who brings the most value I mean, that, to the that show? That kind of depends it's on a hard how you thing define to, most valuable. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like it's hard, It's a hard thing to, like, quantify value in this show when most people aren't around for it. The only person who's consistent in every episode is Batman. Because I think there's even episodes without Alfred. I was about to I was about to bring up Alfred, but I'm like, there's probably at least one episode without Alfred. Yeah. Um, And Gordon, yeah. Um, Personally... Look, I'm just going to get this out of the way. The least viable character for me, by far, it's the character I hated the second they showed up and I hated every second they were on my screen. It's the villain from The Forgotten. The Just the <laughs> huge okay. caricature of overweight and obese people. Of just like, all right, okay. You, you really didn't need to do this. There was no reason you need to do this. It could have literally been anybody and you decided to just show your ass all over this episode. So, no. You're going to find everyone. I am going to be the bad guy now. My least valuable character is Batman. Well, you're going to have to you're going to have to explain. He's all over the place in terms of characterization. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. And there are several episodes when we're focused so strongly on the villain that he doesn't really add anything of value to that episode. Besides being Batman, the hero who's supposed to defeat this villain. He, all the times that we are trying to go into his backstory of the, you know, the parent stuff, especially in like the first instance of the Scarecrow, I was like, I'm not really connecting with your struggle here. I don't really see it happening. We made several comments about his billionaireness in this, in this series. There's only a few instances where I really see him as a person and it's, when he's as Bruce Wayne opposite Selena Kyle. So when he's talking to uh, Dr. Tompkins and like maybe like two other times, other, all the other times he's just the indefatigable Batman. And I'm kind of just like, that's not really interesting to me because this cartoon existed well before any sort of notion of we need to build Batman up. My big note, like for the end of all this is that like, if you were like, if you obviously they're going to they syndicate this stuff the same way that they do Scooby Doo now, where every few years they just reboot Batman. So we're never going to get something that's like this large and consistent ever again. It's always going to be like one to two seasons and then they reboot it. But the truth is that, like, I think what successful iterations of Batman in the past 20 years have done is they've spent some time, even if they do hop into the center of it, spend some time developing Bruce and aligning his personal growth with the villains that he's facing. And that's not something that really is even a factor in the planning of this series. You don't, they didn't lay out like this is Batman's first or at least like fifth or like he's early on in his career and he's facing these kinds of villains. Maybe if he faced the mob people early, and we started hinting at these other villains, I would have liked the mob people better. But it just felt like when you jump straight into the deep villains, the deep cuts, and then go back to mob people, it doesn't, it, it makes it boring. I would like to see Bruce grow as he finds out ways to defeat each of these villains. And that's not what it is. He's, he's just 
He's just archetypal Batman in this. And that's not to say that that's necessarily the worst thing in the world. It's just something that makes me feel like he's less valuable than he could be. So would you say you uh, separate Batman and Bruce Wayne as characters? Uh, in a way, almost, yeah. I, I think that's fair. So you are including Bruce Wayne in your least valuable character. A little bit. Again, I don't decide these ahead of time, so this is me speaking in draft, more or less. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, you know, I uh, yes, especially because, yes, I would say that it is especially true in the episodes where he's only ever Batman. He doesn't he doesn't bring any value when he's just Batman. Bold. Bold thing, bold thing to say. Yep. Um, My most valuable character is Bruce Wayne. Oh, OK. All right. Why? Specifically because there were so many, every time Bruce Wayne does anything. It's interesting to me. And I mean, like, you could argue that when Bruce and Alfred are the only ones in a room in the Batcave, that's Batman. That's less Bruce Wayne. So you could make that argument of, like, the way to distinguish Bruce Wayne is when Bruce Wayne is in public. Yes. That's Bruce Wayne. Because Bruce Wayne in and of itself is another identity. Like, there's this core identity between Batman and Bruce Wayne that is who Bruce truly is. Right. And then he puts on an act for one thing and puts on an act for another thing. And so, like, yeah, if I really had to separate, like, and allow you, like, allow you to argue in favor of Bruce Wayne as a separate character, like, yeah, I get that. I get that what he does is interesting when he is Bruce Wayne. Like, I have always argued that... Before you do anything with Batman, if you're doing a Batman adaptation, like specifically like a show adaptation, first and foremost, maybe a film adaptation, before you do anything with Batman, you have to get Bruce Wayne right. Because if you don't get Bruce Wayne right, guess what? I'm not interested. Well, that's true of literally every superhero, too. I mean, some superheroes more than others, because I'm going to tell you right now, well, actually, with some heroes, it just doesn't matter. Like, with Superman, Clark's not really different from Superman. Like, That's fair. The, Clark, Clark Kent is Superman. But, like, with Peter Parker, like, you could have, a, like, a split-down-the-line difference between Peter and Spider-Man, but you also could get away with just Peter being basically the same person he is as Peter and Spider-Man. Like... What I didn't really, what I've never really loved about the defense of Toby Spider Man and even to an extent Andrew Garfield Spider Man is that, like, you know, well, Toby was a really good Peter Parker, but once he becomes Spider Man, you need somebody like Andrew Garfield. And I'm like, Peter Parker and Spider Man should not be that different. Yeah. Like, it should not be Two Face here. But one of the superheroes that, yeah, is going to be super different is Batman. And it's like, it's just, it's interesting. Like, it's interesting to know. I think it's actually kind of, if you know me, and if you know that I'm a fan of pro wrestling, it's not at all surprising to know that I'm interested in this. Because it's the same thing with pro wrestling. Of like... Like, seeing what they're doing on screen and knowing what's going on sort of behind the scenes or knowing who these people are in real life versus their character, it can be very neat to, like, see the differences and see how certain people act on screen versus 
how they are in real life. Or if two people are interacting in the ring as enemies and you know they're best friends in real life. Stuff like that is actually interesting. Um, or vice versa, because that's happened too. But, yeah, it's just interesting to see Bruce Wayne very convincingly be average and kind of regular and normal. But also, he knows when to kind of play up the millionaire playboy thing. He knows when he when it could just make sense for him to ask very pointed questions and he can get away with it because, yeah, I mean, he would just ask this question in a normal situation, but he's really asking it to get very specific information. And seeing when Bruce kind of like, like one of the interesting interactions is in Heart of Ice. When Bruce visits, I think that's, da- no, that's not Daggett. Daggett's Clay. But like visiting the villain for that episode, who is a, you know, a businessman. So it makes sense for Bruce Wayne to visit another businessman. And he's kind of interrogating him. He's kind of asking very specific questions like, oh, who's this guy? Who's who's this freeze guy? Tell me more about him. But like, never at any point does he ever tip the mask of like, I want to know because I'm Batman. Like, it, it that just never comes up. And that's what's interesting because, yeah, he could just get way more information as Bruce Wayne. Genuinely interesting. And also that Bruce Wayne just kind of genuinely cares about shit. Bruce Wayne genuinely cares about Crime Alley. He genuinely cares about... um you know, when he finds out homeless people are missing, he's like, I got to get to the fucking bottom of this shit. Like he routinely goes to homeless shelters and like works there and donates money to various places. When he meets the Mad Hatter for the first time, he makes a point of going like, no, I like the work that you're doing. You're very valued here. I hope you keep it up. Like the dude is just genuinely nice. And I like it. I like that. I think it's a little overplayed now post Nolan of like, oh, Bruce Wayne has to kind of be a douche. And I'm like, does he though? There's no real reason he has to be like a kind of a kind of an asshole like Tony Stark to throw people off the scent. He could just be a guy, a guy that gives a shit sometimes. And I like that. I think that's nice. I just think they're neat. (laughs) Okay. This is why I don't do Marge impressions. Okay. <laughs> uh, my most valuable character is, uh, I'm going to say Selena Kyle. Um, Interesting. Yeah, because here's my whole thing. The thing that's the most exciting to me about this, and I've said it already, is like, I like all the villain characterizations. And then to see someone then who like definitely surprised me in how they used her. That's what like brought her above everybody else. Cause it could have been just platitude. Like I like poison Ivy and, and Mr. Freeze and Clayface. And yeah, it could have just been platitude. She's like, I like all the villains. That's the best part for me. And then she got the opportunity to not only be like someone of interest and someone that Batman goes to toe to toe with, but then she also has a relationship with Bruce and she also has her own personal moral code in a way that's not just I'm Scarecrow and I do this cause I want to, um, you know, that's, that's what brings her to the next level for me. So amongst all the possible characters that we're talking about in the series, I, she, she stood out to me. Cool. I think that's fair. So 
these notes. <laughs> We've stuck pins in many things here. So I think the first and foremost thing, I really kind of like how alive Gotham feels. Uh, it reminds me of how everyone was going goo goo gaga about like Arkham City and how like, oh, it feels like a living, breathing city and there's things going on constantly and... You know, it feels like how Gotham probably would feel, you know? Um, And how they kind of do that thing with Spider-Man, too. Like, there's a lot of similarities between Batman and Spider-Man. But, like, I really like how they do it here. And this is a thing that kind of goes head-to-head with what you've said, is I really like having random gangsters recur. That's my thing. Like, if they were one-off two-bit gangsters like every other episode that had no personality and, you know, we're just kind of here because eh, we can't do Freeze and Poison Ivy and Clayface every week. So here's just some gangster named Bugsy. Like, you know, I probably would share the same, I, I would share the same opinions, but I like that they come back a lot. I like that, you know, once you establish Thorn, Thorn is recurring. He keeps coming back. But um, here's the thing. I don't think that I think that you would be right if those gangsters were in any way unique. Like the reason I say Kingpin's the best like gangster villain again is cuz Kingpin has a unique take on crime. Does he? And like these guys don't. Yeah, he has his own code. He has his own reasons. And, you know, he has his own way of accumulating power that, especially in the Daredevil series, is is not immediately like he's, oh, he's a gangster. Like People think he's like a good guy sometimes. People think he's like, you know, a, a humanitarian at times. And so it's one of those things where it's like, those are the interesting gangsters to me. And so I'm fine with gangsters recurring, but I just feel like they didn't actually put any effort into these gangsters. They're just like, hey, remember that gangster? Yeah, he's back. Which I think is fine specifically for Gotham, because that's an integral part of like what Gotham is meant to be. It's meant to be this rundown city that, you know, the cops are just struggling to keep any sense of something similar to order and then Batman has to come in and really take on a lot of the bulk of what's going on in order for the police to have a fighting chance. And part of that is like, yeah, every week you're not going to have Poison Ivy or Catwoman or things like that. I think most of Batman's work is going to be organized crime because he can't always just stamp it out super easy. It's a thing that is going to be a lot of give and take. And it's interesting at one point, specifically, Batman does acknowledge that he kind of allows some organized crime activity to just blatantly happen sometimes. Like, it's it's literally suggested he says to a gangster, like, do you want me to come down harder on you? Because I will, unless you give me the information I need. And it's like, well, yeah. I mean, that kind of answers it right there. (laughs) So it's this thing of, like, the whole Gotham ecosystem is so wrapped up in gangs. To not have gangs 
or gangsters or mobsters. Oh, I don't think their presence of, should be excluded. I just right. don't like the way they did it. Exactly. Yeah, which I will give you that. Um, but I will say there are only so many ways you can do mobsters. In the sense of like, there's always going to be the mobster that has a code. There is always going to be the mobster that, you know, has understandable reasons for being a, a gangster. Outside of that, I don't really know how you keep reinventing the wheel when it comes to crime bosses because, I mean, they're all, they are going to more or less be similar in the way that corrupt CEOs are always kind of going to be similar. Or like how just the fact that you are a billionaire is inherently a bad thing that should not exist. It really doesn't matter what your personality is at that point or how nice or cool you are. The very fact that you're a billionaire is your defining trait, really, for worse and not for better. And... So sometimes it's a thing of like, like, I think with some things, there's just a bit of a give and take of would I like a better version of this? Absolutely. Yes. But given the th- given what we got, I'm also going to be like, OK, with what we got. I don't love it, but I will be OK with it being here because I know that it has to be here. Um, And then the through lines of the season Specifically, it's really interesting what they do with Bullock for me. Because you noted in the POV episode that you didn't like that they showed he was lying. I really liked it specifically because they were setting up Bullock to potentially be... Maybe he's a dirty cop. From multiple episodes before this, it could be argued that like, Bullock might not be 100% on the up and up. In some way. And then when you see that he's blatantly lying in the POV episode, it kind of uh, stills fire to that. And it just so happens that, yeah, he didn't really do anything bad in the POV episode. But it shows that he is capable of just straight up lying to his supervisors. That's not good. And so when Vendetta comes around, even though, I yeah, it's a stinker of an episode. I don't really care about it. But again, it's like they finally came to collect on this thing they've been kind of setting up through the entire show so far. And that, well, apparently Bullock uh, has been working with the mob or has been maybe looking the other way sometimes or maybe not been cracking down too much or curiously catching very specific criminals and then those criminals get out or something like that and them potentially like they're they're addressing this full force right here right now that like okay is bullock dirty yes or no and i think if you only do that in a specific episode that had no build up you don't really care but coming off of multiple episodes of them hinting that he might be it's a bit more interesting even though i know that he yeah they're pro- he he's not dirty I knew that he was probably just a rough cop. Like, so nothing was really added to the suspense of the episode, but I like that there's like kind of they're working towards shit like this. And 
I also like how certain characters do make sense to come back every now and again. Like, we've already touched... The obvious one is Harvey Dent. Harvey Dent just kind of shows up sporadically, and he's a very key point in the Poison Ivy episode. And then it's a while until he turns to Two-Face. So we get a lot of just Harvey Dent. Um, I also like, uh, in Perchance to Dream... I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but I do believe the person he goes to to confide in is the same character from Crime Alley, no? Yes, yeah. Mm -hmm. I really like that because it's like once you set up certain things, it makes sense to bring certain things back. That he would trust maybe this one other person. If he can't trust Alfred, which, yeah, he can't. Like, maybe he could trust this one other person. To be like, okay, can you tell me if something is going the fuck on? Because I feel like something is going the fuck on. Or just like, can I just be vulnerable with you for a second? Like, yeah, if, if you're not going to do that with Alfred, yeah, this is the character to do it with. And thankfully, you've already set up that character. Yeah. Um, In terms of character development, I will say yes. This is a... This is an area that Batman doesn't particularly have because Batman is more of a flat character arc. Yep. In the sense of, like, how Superman and Captain America, they don't really need to change as people. They more so affect everything around them, um, and they influence people either for better or for worse. But, like, Superman's always going to Superman. Captain America's always going to Captain America. And similarly, Batman's always going to Batman. It's like Batman from Go is just already the type of character who would be empathetic to Freeze, who would feel sorry for for Clayface, who this episode hasn't come up yet, but the I think the Dollface episode is also really notable in that like even after everything, he just gives her a hug. Because it's like, damn, I know you've been through a fucking lot. Like, he's kind of already that character. He doesn't learn to be that character. So, in terms of character development, yeah. He doesn't really... He doesn't really get anything significant in the show. Um, So, I do sympathize with that. And feeling kind of frustrated, maybe a little cheated. Because it's like, this is the main guy. This is the main character. And... It feels like, one, his character is all over the place, which, yes, I do agree. His character is very inconsistent at times. Um, but also, you know, he's it, you don't get the sense that he's getting better or that he's growing or that he's learning from very specific things so that when a thing comes back around, haha, he has the answer. Like, they don't really do that here. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I kind of gave all my notes, you know, the, the show to me is all, all about the villains. And I think that's where it's disappointing to me in, the, in that way, because it's like the reason that I think one, to some of the reason that Spider-Man and Batman are the two most popular superheroes of all time, and especially in their respective franchises, is because they have so many layers in and of themselves as characters, and then they get the best villain, like the best, uh, you know, rogues gallery for both of their franchises. Um, and so to, to have just the rogues gallery and like a depleted tank to not say that it's not existent, but a depleted tank in the Batman 
character well. Um, you know, it, it was disappointing. Over, overall disappointing to me. So I haven't quite made up my mind because here's the thing. Like you did mention that there's that one episode um, that I think the episode you talked about where he gives the per, gives the girl a hug and stuff like that. So it's like it's not like there's no highlights going forward, but I don't necessarily see the formula changing. That's fair. You know, and that's what makes me just as a person, not even like from a media standpoint, like as a person, I'm kind of like, am I tired? Am I ready to let this go? Is more my decision on rejecting this or not. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, you've had your meal. Your meal was fine. It may not have been amazingly, you know, made, amazingly seasoned. And it's like, do you really want, do you really want dessert? Do you really need dessert? Yeah. Um, which is a very interesting place for us to end up because we kind of set ourselves up for this kind of predicament when we call the show reject or renew in a very binary way of saying a show is either good or bad. Right. It's like, this is not a bad show. Yeah, it's not really what we're saying. Like, infamously, I rejected the first season of Friends for almost, for very similar reasons that you're laying out now, which is that I think the season has peaked, uh, the show has peaked. And, yeah, is there interesting stuff later? Sure. But, like, is there really a a point in keep going? Because... yeah. There's, what, how many other more episodes? At least 60 more episodes in the same general formula. And I'm curious as to whether or not you know, is there any sort of massive tonal shift in this show? Yes. There is. For better or for worse. Tonal shift might be pushing it. But there is a definite shift in general uh, in terms of specifically art style. Okay. um, Which fundamentally changes things. The addition of Batgirl and Tim Drake Robin fundamentally changes some things. Hmm. There's a very notable episode with Tim Drake Robin that comes to mind in terms of like, well, damn. (laughs) Uh, So we're doing this then. Oh, yeah. And there is another one with uh, uh, Batgirl that's also kind of like, so we're doing this then. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I think people largely refer to it as like, yeah, season four, Batman, the animated series, weird, weird one. Um, they decided to change a bunch of shit randomly. I don't know why it's, it's very off putting. Um, but again, I think that's like literally the last season. So how likely is it that we're going to actually get there? Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I really, honestly, it's one of those things where it's like, I'm, uh, it's not like I'm putting it on your shoulders, like, but I would like to know your your choice before I choose. I'm going to renew. Huh. Specifically okay. because I don't have enough reasons to reject and because this is a show that, like, I'm fine coming back to it and ripping it to shreds if I need to. <laughs> like, oh, this boy. isn't a hard show for me to watch, and it's an easy show for me to dissect. I think... Uh... I think strictly for it makes this this makes my choice null. Obviously, this has happened before when I've renewed something and you haven't. Yeah, go off. Um, <laughs> but so we're gonna have a first where I am going to say, in all you know, 
uh, just for a record version of like a jumping off point for the next time around, I'm I'm good with this being the end of it. I'm gonna reject. It's amazing how that much that has stuck with us, and we do get it right this the same time every time. Um, yeah, it's one of those things where like I think it's been clear based on my energy level through talking about all this that it's like you know the there's nothing particularly wrong with it but I'm not sure I want to keep watching. I don't think it has given me, on the flip side, you're saying there's not enough for you to reject. I think there's not enough for me to really be interested in watching more. That's fair. It's a very, look, it was, it was a bit of a struggle for me to keep watching episode after episode because it's like once you watch one, it's kind of like, yeah, okay, I get it. And then you watch another one and it's like, yeah, okay. I get it. And so it's it's not that it's bad. It's just that, like, look, I don't need to keep eating one French fry at a time. Okay? Right. Right. <laughs> um, so, yeah. But you know what that means? Uh, it means it's time for the draft, baby. Welcome, one and all, to the Red Team Reviews Draft Lottery, where we will decide what show to review next month, or at least the next time we're set to review a show. Here's how it works. On our website, redteampod.com, as well as buried in the bowels of our Instagram, at redteampod, there is a list of 60 shows divided into three categories. Comedy, drama-slash-action, and animation. From this scientifically curated list, we will find six potential options for our next Reject or Renew segment. The first two options are selected by you, our loyal listeners. If a single show gets the most votes, it's entered twice. In the event of a two-way tie, both shows that got the most votes from you at home get added to the draft. And if multiple shows tie, we break the tie in whatever way we deem most fitting. Usually some form of a dice roll. You know, because we're nerds. Next, we have two chances to continue a show we've renewed in the past. And finally, both Trevor and myself are given a pick to choose whatever show we want even if it's not on the list. So, all told, there will be six possible shows for us to review next. Two slots for a show you've chosen, two slots to continue a show we've already started, and one pick from each of us that could quite literally be anything. Well, that's all you need to know. Back to you, me. Thanks, me. All right, so it's time for the draft. All the rules have been explained, so here we go. Uh, Things are going to be a little different, so here we go. Trevor, will you tell us the two shows that have won the the fan vote? We have She-Ra, Princess of Power, and The Good Place. Oh. And so, so like, based on the new thing, like, TJ and I have certain, like, November, we want it to be a little bit more, you know, a little bit more Thanksgiving-y, stuff like that. And so, like, th- those two shows being Thanksgiving episode, perfect. Freaking perfect. <laughs> uh, 
All right. There are also two shows that I keep I keep basically kind of being soft spoiled on. So I'm like, yeah, it would be, it would be nice if I could if I could have an excuse to. I watch mean, if these. you don't know what happens at the end of season one of The Good Place at this point, like, where have you been? I don't. So good. Uh, but I do know the big spoiler for She-Ra. Thanks, Internet. I know you yeah. couldn't help yourself with fan art, but damn. Um, <laughs> so uh, we will say Good Place is Heads. She-Ra is Tails. Okay, so She-Ra is one. Good Place is two. We also will be rolling a D20 to figure out which uh, shows might get the chance to be continued. And I will not even really try to explain how we're doing it. I will just know in my head. <laughs> Actually, no. Yeah. Uh, one through four, four through eight. Yeah, again, I don't think anybody else cares. Okay. Um. <laughs> Fine, then. I think if anybody wants to know how you do it, they can email us. <laughs> They could, they could really just message us on social media. Right, right? exactly. <laughs> uh, so, so, okay, cool. One, what, are, what gets our two renew spots? Oh, yeah. The ones that are eligible are Friends, Buffy, Infinity Train, Shit's Creek, and Batman the Animated Series because we cut the fuck out of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and I don't regret it. Uh, <laughs> so, with that all said... Our first one up for renew is Infinity Train. Mm. So Infinity Train is three. Our second will be. <laughs> oh, we already have ramifications for that thing I did to you. Batman the Animated Series. All right. Is on docket for Heavy animation. Heavy At least animation, a 50-50 yeah. chance that animation will be picked. <laughs> so now, mine is going to be five, but I'm going to let Trev go first. You're so st- you're like I want five. Five is my number. Ba 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 ba. But you're going to choose first. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he was so adamant about five being on the on the six sided yeah. die. Five being his show, and yet he won't just say his thing first because um, i'm i'm kind of between mm-hmm, two shows mm-hmm, mm-hmm, i'm kind of between okay, two shows mm-hmm, okay mm-hmm. uh i pick scrubs oh i like that <laughs> oh but yeah, it's season one of scrubs though i know oof uh let's see if that's the case as a reminder we have um She-Ra, Good Place, Infinity Train, Batman the Animated Series, Scrubs. So we are very much loaded on animation, which makes me want to just be a troll and give another animated show. But I will be nice. It is Thanksgiving. I will go with the Golden Girls. Okay. All right. Thank you for being a friend. All right. Who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? Let's see who, in fact... It will be. Let's roll that D6 and see what we've got for Thanksgiving. Well, I mean, I don't know if it's the week of Thanksgiving or the week after, but around Thanksgiving, we have our winner is 
Oh, yeah, I already forgot what you said. Scrubs! Oh my god, okay. I didn't expect to be the winner. I don't win anything ever. Right. <laughs> I'm like, congratulations, man. <laughs> three three months later, this is gonna be like, this is not a new phenomenon. I keep winning. I don't know why. <laughs> it's rigged. <laughs> Get him off sick. Interesting. Okay, this is gonna be real interesting watching Scrubs. I am gonna tear this fucking show to shreds. It's it's one of those things where it's like it's not a show. It's not like The Office where everyone rewatches it. I feel like people stop rewatching Scrubs within the past five years, and so like to see if things have not aged well will be like monumental. I guarantee they to have, the success of the they show. have not. Yeah, <laughs> but um, it's also it has had a very very minor resurgence with the. Uh, uptick of reaction videos because you will have doctors reacting to Scrubs. Interesting. Okay, but no, not a lot of people are like just straight up reacting to the entire show. No. Um. So yeah, we will be the definitive hot take on Scrubs next time around. We will decide whether Scrubs is good. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty. Pretty interested. Pretty pretty ready for this. Pretty excited. Yeah, me too. I mean, it is actually the most medically accurate show on television. I forgot to mention that. <laughs> so, would have been neat to have Cowboy Bebop, but yeah, it is what it is. Maybe we'll get there in December. Uh, until next time, let us know what you thought about some of our kind of decently spicy takes on Batman the Animated Series. Um, let us know what you thought on social media at Red Team Pod on either Twitter or Instagram. Uh, go vote. Let your voices be heard for the fan vote for December. Uh, and those are cumulative. So, like, they do if you roll vote for something now, you can keep pushing it. Yes. Let your love for Cowboy Bebop be felt. Yeah, I mean, it's got... It was close this time, but Cowboy Bebop was right behind, so... Or you could just push through Firefly, because it's literally one season, but whatever. <laughs> the choice is really up to you. There aren't a lot of shows on that list. But I would actually die if I had to react. There are some, though. There are some shows that I'm like, I would rather gargle acid after chewing on a razor blade than watch this show. There are some of those. <laughs> but let us uh, know what you thought on social media. Vote on redteampod.com for your fan vote for December. Uh, Trevor Lee Beverly, anything else? No. Then, until next time, I have been TJ Patrick. I'm Trevor Catalano. And until next time, we are the night. We are vengeance. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. <laughs> <laughs>